At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Tanya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I want to cover smartphone photography tips because, little sneak peek, we're working on a 52-week project for smartphone photography users. Stay tuned, we're still working on it and we will announce it when it's live, but this is something that I'm extremely excited about because our 52-week project was really successful. People are continuously submitting their amazing photographs to the project every single week, and we decided to create a smartphone photography version because we want to be open to all kinds of photography and smartphone photography is its own world as you know so if you are excited about this genre if you want to improve your smartphone photography skills then stay tuned and in the coming weeks we will announce the new project i'm really excited we've got a lot of exciting features that are exclusive to smartphone cameras we will share editing tips we will tell you how to make the most of your camera, how to improve your general photography skills. It's perfect for any kind of photographer that is using a smartphone camera or that is curious about the world of smartphone photography. And we'll also cover different themes. If you're not familiar with the 52-week project, it's a challenge for which you need to submit one photograph every single week for 52 weeks, essentially a year. And every week we come up with a new theme for you and we share a new video in the group that you can watch to learn more about the theme and to learn how to make the most of it. So for example, we can cover something like food photography, portraiture, black and white photography, and then something more creative like crystal ball photography. All of these things will be explained in the video and you can just go out, take some photos and share them, receive feedback from other members and improve every single week. It's suitable for every kind of photographer, as I mentioned, but it's especially perfect for anyone who's busy. Some photographers can't take pictures every day, and you still want to improve every week. So this project, the 52-week project, Smartphone Photography Edition, 
will give you the opportunity to improve every week by just watching one of our short videos, taking a few photos, maybe editing them, and then sharing them in the community, receiving feedback, and making progress every single week for a year. I think this is really valuable. It's better than nothing. And it's certainly a very supportive and thriving environment that will help you find inspiration every week and find the motivation you need to take photographs consistently. If these news are exciting to you and you want to start preparing for this project, keep these tips in mind. Number one, use a manual camera app. You've probably heard this advice before and I want to emphasize it because a camera app will most likely give you way more settings than your standard camera app. My standard camera app has some professional or pro settings, but you have to go really deep to find them and it's a bit of a hassle. So using a manual camera app will most likely give you control over aperture and shutter speed, exposure, and might even offer some interesting filters to work with. So it will give you way more control over your images and it will make it easier for you to take photos in different lighting conditions. If it's very bright outside, you can lower your exposure. If it's really dark outside, you can play around with different settings to make the most of the nighttime conditions and take outstanding photographs. And of course, these settings are not on the same level as professional camera settings, but still, it's good to familiarize yourself with them because if you are a beginner and you do have a professional camera, then using your smartphone camera Familiarizing yourself with these settings will help you in your when you use your other camera. So just think of smartphone photography as the foundation of your knowledge. And the more you know about it, the easier it will be to take photographs using a professional camera, and the easier it will be to create beautiful compositions and find beauty everywhere. So in the smartphone photography project, the 52-week project, I'm going to share a few manual camera apps that will make your life easier, that will make your life more interesting when you take photographs. So stay tuned for that. Number two, instead of zooming in to your subject using your smartphone camera, get physically closer to it. This might not always be possible, but it will help you avoid compromising the quality of your smartphone photographs. If you zoom in too much, then the quality will really be affected. You'll see it, it'll be obvious when you look at your images. They will kind of look blurred and not very clear. And so that's not very easy to fix in post. So instead of going through all that hassle, just get closer to your subject when possible. If it's not possible, zoom in just a little bit without going too far to avoid compromising the quality of your images and to avoid creating those unflattering blurry photographs. Tip number three is related to tip number two. Make sure your camera settings allow you to take the highest resolution photos possible. Every camera is different, but make sure that you have the largest resolution. Sometimes the standard default resolution is kind of somewhere in the middle. Just pick the highest resolution. This will take up more space in your, in your smartphone, but it will provide you with the best results. You want images that are at their best and you want to have that strong foundation before you start taking photographs. So just go through your camera settings play around with different settings, see what works best for you, and if possible, shoot in RAW. Some cameras allow that now, and that will make it easier for you to edit your photographs later on. And speaking of high resolutions in RAW, if you do zoom in and your settings are really good, 
you won't completely compromise the quality of your shots. Tip number four, focus on one subject at a time. To avoid busy compositions, you should isolate your subject. If you're excited by all the things that are surrounding you, if there's a house and a person and a tree and something really colorful behind the tree, and you take a photo of everything at once, maybe the photo will work, but maybe it won't, and everything will look busy and things just won't work in harmony together. So to avoid this, just find one thing to photograph instead of photographing lots and lots of things at once in one frame. This doesn't mean you should only photograph one kind of subject, but you should photograph that one subject in one frame, try to keep it minimal, and this will add a simpler feeling to your photographs, it will make them stand out, and most importantly, it will make the main subject stand out, and your story will be very clear in your photographs. Number five, use a flexible tripod. Safety comes first, so make sure to buy a good tripod. But a good accessory, a sturdy tripod, will make your photo shoots so much more fun than just a standard shoot without a tripod. Tripods are fun accessories, they can make your shoots way more creative, they can provide you with interesting angles to work with. Sometimes all you need to do is wrap your tripod around a branch, take some high angle shots, you can take some self-portraits using a timer. You see what I mean, there's so much you can do and it's a very exciting world that is completely separate from smartphone photography on its own. Speaking of accessories, tip number six is find some fun accessories other than a tripod that will make your life easier or that will spark some new ideas. So for example, a lot of smartphone cameras are compatible with macro lenses. Obviously they're not on the same level as professional macro lenses, but they will help you get closer to your subject and they are usually very affordable as well. There are also different filters you can use, filters that will change the color of your photographs, filters that will make your images stand out more, very similar to professional camera filters, but much more affordable, kind of simpler versions of those. But they will introduce you to the professional version of those filters and you will get a better idea of what works for you, what doesn't work for you when taking photographs of different subjects. So consider all of this preparation for professional photography, professional camera photography. There are all kinds of cool stuff you can invest in, just play around before you start the project, see if there's anything cool you can use to really impress the other members when you do join the project. Do some research, see what's affordable for you. I really think this is a fun way to boost your smartphone photos and make them stand out. Tip number seven is editing. Of course, I can't skip this tip because editing is really, really important. It's okay to not edit your photographs if that's your style. I know a lot of photographers who do not edit their images or they edit their photos very, very simply, just boosting contrast, maybe playing around with a few colors. But in my opinion, if you want your images to really stand out, to be really creative, and for the colors to be more vibrant, then you definitely should improve your editing skills. So the key is to experiment with different editing tools. I will explore different editing apps in the 52-week project Smartphone Photography Edition, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, have fun with different editing programs and apps and find something that works for you. I think that every photographer has their own style when it comes to photography, of course, but also editing. You have your own unique vision, and I encourage you to explore that and to find something that works 
for you. You don't need to do what everyone else is doing. In the 52-week project, I'm going to just make suggestions, and if it works for you, then definitely add it to your workflow. If it doesn't, try experimenting with something else. I really enjoy using VSCO. I think some people call it VSCO. The free version is quite interesting because it does give you a lot of freedom in terms of adjustments and filters especially. I really like their filters because they have an analog slash film effect, and they're very simple to use. So that's something I would recommend if you want to get started with that kind of look. But if you don't like analog photographs, then I just recommend using the Lightroom app. The free version is pretty similar to VSCO. It does have some filters that you can use for free. It has some adjustment tools, very similar to the professional version of Lightroom. But again, it completely depends on you. Speaking of editing, tip number eight. Use a stylus instead of your finger when editing your photographs. For your edits to be more accurate, especially when blurring something out or removing blemishes or distractions, a finger is not going to be enough. So a stylus can be way more accurate. It can help you remove small imperfections. It can also help you create more interesting edits, especially if you want to create more complicated edits. When I use my finger to edit, it's usually only when I want to boost contrast or just play around with adjustment sliders. But when it comes to removing blemishes and everything else, a finger is certainly not enough. A stylus is affordable, it's small, and it can just help you improve your editing workflow. It's not mandatory for the project, but it will make your life easier, and I highly recommend it. By the way, just a side note. If you find that certain editing apps are limiting, and if you already have some professional software that you use daily, like Photoshop or Lightroom, and you would prefer to use that for the 52-week project, then by all means, feel free to do that. So the 52-week project Smartphone Photography Edition will exclusively focus on smartphone photography, but when it comes to editing, Feel free to use apps or software on your computer or anything else that works for you. So don't feel limited in that sense. And the only thing that I would encourage you to do is to remain open. So what I found for myself personally is sometimes I have a certain project or a certain type of technique that I prefer focusing on in my workflow. But works, what works the best for me is when I leave my comfort zone and I try something new. And at first it's uncomfortable, let's say it's a new editing app or a new program, and I hate it, but someone recommended it to me, so I gave it a try. But then once I familiarize myself with it, then I learn something new, or I discover a new technique that I want to add to my workflow, or I completely change programs. That has happened a lot in my life, in photography and in editing. So even if you do have a certain workflow that works for you, when you join this project, I really encourage you to remain open to our suggestions, try different things. If it doesn't work, at least you're familiar with a new app or a new software or a new technique now, but it might help you discover something new. It might spark new ideas. It might help you add something to your workflow that will make your life easier or provide you with a lot of inspiration. Tip number nine, don't be afraid to photograph anything and everything that is around you that catches your eye. 
Smartphone cameras are perfect because they're really small, and compared to large, bulky, mirrorless, or DSLR cameras especially, they don't stand out that much. So if you are taking street photos, nobody's really going to pay attention to a smartphone camera compared to a bulky DSLR camera, for example. If you are taking photos in a public place and you just don't feel comfortable with drawing attention to yourself, a smartphone camera is perfect because almost everyone carries a smartphone with them, almost everyone takes photos with their smartphone camera, so it's a normal part of everyone's life and no one's gonna blink twice when they see you holding a smartphone camera taking photographs. So smartphone cameras give us the opportunity to take photos very easily in different situations of different subjects. Even if you specialize in something already, I highly encourage you to try photographing different subjects. And again, it all comes down to specialization and experimentation. So when it comes to the things that you're curious about, let's say that you want to photograph birds or people, but you've always taken photographs of food, you might feel that you don't have the skills that are necessary to master bird photography or portrait photography. With smartphone photography, you can take photographs without worrying too much about the outcome because you're just taking casual photos, right? You can experiment with different subjects, you can try different things, and as you do this, your skills will improve. And then if you do decide to get into professional photography or if you want to use a professional camera to take bird photos or portrait photos, you will already have those skills as a foundation and you won't need to worry about being an absolute beginner. So smartphone photography is a good place to start when it comes to any genre. And don't limit yourself. So I specialized in portraiture for over a decade, and I used a DSLR camera, and I thought that that was the thing that I was good at. But when it came to other genres, I felt kind of insecure because I wasn't very good at landscape photography, or I felt that I didn't know enough about it to take good photos. And so I kind of avoided it because I already had 10 years of experience in portrait photography. So how could I be a beginner in another genre? It didn't make sense to me at the time. But now I take photos of anything that catches my eye thanks to smartphone photography. Smartphone photography can give you the space that you need to experiment with different subjects and genres without feeling like you have to commit to anything. When you use a professional camera, I think there's this feeling of, uh, you know, I'm using my camera, using up the battery, the memory, and then I'll have to import the photographs. It will take a long time, so this is not worth the effort because I'm a beginner in this genre. I'm not sure if any of you feel this way. Sometimes I feel this way because it is a hassle to a certain degree. And especially if you use a DSLR camera, it can be quite a time-consuming process. And so for me, smartphone camera, super easy. You take a photo, you edit it right away if you want to. You can upload it anywhere right away if you want to. So the easiness of that can give you a lot of flexibility when it comes to all kinds of genres. So the 52-week project, the Smartphone Photography Edition, you will be able to join through an app if you want to and share your photos directly through the app as well. So you can very easily improve. And then when you do move on to professional photography, if you want to, you'll have all these skills, as I mentioned earlier, and all because you decided to invest a little time in smartphone photography. So one of my biggest tips for you would be to not doubt your abilities and to just be curious and to really enjoy the process, because curiosity will help you enjoy photography way more 
than overthinking your skills or worrying that you're not going to be good compared to other people. Everyone takes smartphone photos nowadays, so you can just join the group and improve in your own way, get to know yourself and your unique style, and then enjoy the skills that you've acquired in the last 52 weeks. So again, this project, I think, will allow you to learn something new about photography every single week. And then by the end of the project, you're going to have new friends, a lot of knowledge about different genres, and a great portfolio. You'll have at least 52 photos. Actually, a lot of people in the community, when they submit their images to the weekly themes, they usually share more than a photo. It's usually like four to five photographs, even more than that sometimes. And so you'll have at least 52 photographs by the end of the year. And you'll have this portfolio with different diverse themes. And another important thing that could really help you as a photographer is when you explore different themes and different genres, you will understand what works for you, what draws you in, what doesn't draw you in as much. I love portrait photography, but when I take smartphone photos, especially in the last few months I've been taking more smartphone photos, I realized that I really enjoy taking photos of nature and landscapes and food and street, just street scenes, architecture, a lot of different things that I wouldn't have been able to realize had I only used my DSLR camera because I was not willing to go the extra mile <laughs> with my heavy DSLR camera sometimes. But with the smartphone camera, all of a sudden, I really like architecture and I like details. I want to buy a macro lens for my smartphone camera. And I want to experiment with close-ups. It's a whole new world and it's super fun. So by the end of the 52-week project smartphone photography edition, you'll have a lot of knowledge about yourself as well, not just about photography. Maybe you'll think something like, I, I used to really like nature photography, but now I like taking photos of people, and maybe I like taking photos of food. So that is an incredible piece of knowledge to have about yourself because it will help you make decisions that are, that are, are aligned with your values in the future, if you want to start a photography business, you'll know exactly what you want to specialize in, what you want to know for clients. So I'm really selling this 52-week project because <laughs> I really believe in it. And I've already seen amazing results in our main 52-week project. So our main one is all about DSLR, mirrorless photography. And that has already given us incredible results. And the photographers that have participated and are still participating have really improved. And it's amazing to see. So I can only imagine the progress that someone would make with a smartphone camera. So I highly encourage you to stay tuned. I'm really excited about this. And before I end this episode, I want to share a few extra tips about smartphone photography that will help you boost your images. Bonus tip number one, don't forget to clean your smartphone camera lens or lenses. It's really important to make sure that your lens is clean at all times because you don't see your lens directly as you take photographs. It can be very easy to neglect that side of things and to take photographs that don't look their best. So if you want good sharp photos, make sure to pay careful attention to your smartphone camera lens. Have a wipe with you all the time, carry it with you. Just something that will ensure that you take the brightest and sharpest photographs in any setting. Extra bonus tip number two, shoot in landscape orientation. Most smartphone users 
take photographs vertically because that's how you usually hold your smartphone. And of course, naturally, you're going to want to take portrait-oriented photographs that are vertical. That's good if you want to do that, but usually when we take photographs using our DSLRs or mirrorless cameras, especially out in nature, where there are a lot of beautiful landscapes, usually people use portrait or landscape orientation, so they shoot horizontally. When you take photographs using your smartphone camera, if you want to make them look really professional, then I encourage you to shoot horizontally. Not all the time. For example, if you take photos of people, then portrait orientation is better, of course. But when it comes to architecture, landscapes, nature, anything that would look better horizontally, then I highly recommend shooting in landscape orientation mode. And all you need to do is just flip your camera and hold it so that you can create a wider effect in your photographs. Bonus tip number three. Last but not least, avoid flash unless it's for a creative purpose or unless it's really necessary. Flash isn't good, even if you have a really good smartphone camera. The flash will reflect in your subject's eyes if you're taking photos of a person or an animal. It will make the model feel uncomfortable. I don't like flash photography because it's just, I don't think it's good for your eyes. But even if you take photos of products or nature in the dark, I think something's going to be missing in the, in the photograph because you might end up with very overexposed photographs. You might end up with images that just look really unflattering that have very harsh shadows in them. I've seen some amazing flash photos that people have taken using smartphone cameras and professional cameras. But to be very honest, unless you want to get creative, create something unconventional, I encourage you to use natural light as often as possible. If you want to lighten your subject more, if it's really dark, then you can use artificial lights, but just try to avoid flash. So for example, if you're shooting at home and you want your subject to be well lit, but it's dark outside, then you can use artificial light like a lamp or professional artificial lights or ceiling light. Just experiment with the light that is available or artificial light because that will help you avoid creating very, very harsh shadows in your photographs. Those are all of my tips. I hope that you found some of them helpful. Once again, stay tuned for our 52 week project smartphone photography edition. I really hope that you will join. Even if you do have a professional camera, I'm sure that you use your smartphone all the time, so I encourage you to join if you are curious about smartphone photography, if you want to improve your candid slash casual photography skills, and just improve your skills in general. And at the very least, it's a great opportunity to meet new people, make progress every week, have something to look forward to. It's a really fun and thriving community, and I love being a part of it, so I hope that you join us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like the podcast, please make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to us. Every single review counts, so please make sure to go to our supporter page in the description, photographycourse.net slash supporter, and click on the review button, and that will lead to the page where you can leave a review. Once again, thank you very much, and I'll see you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. 
why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.